Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Thanks for joining us for another edition of Mobile Rolling and the stage is set for a massive night this Saturday night. We head north of Brisbane and we're going to Reckliffe for their feature showcase meeting of the year. And what a night we've got installed because there's several features that will take place, including the Group 1 Reckliffe Yearling Sales Series Final. That's for Garrards. That race worth $100,000. We've got the Reckliffe Gold Cup. We've got the Oaks, the Derby and the Trotters Cup. It is a super program this Saturday night at Redcliffe. And action gets underway nice and early. 4.47 is start time for race number one. There's a lot of stars stepping out on and off the track, but one of the stars on the track this weekend is going to be Anthony Butt because he's coming north because he's got a very important weekend here in Queensland. Tomorrow night, before the meeting gets underway at Albion Park, he's going to have his first drive behind Copy That in a trial. And then on Saturday night, he's going to partner the outstanding New Zealand Colt Krug when he goes around as a short price favourite in the Reckliffe Derby. And Anthony has been kind enough to join us now. Ants, good morning. Yeah, good morning, Chris. Uh, you're no stranger to Reckliffe either. You've been there a few times in the past. Yep, yep. I started up there as a junior driver series a long ago and then... Um yeah, drove Jason Reed in the Cup one year and um, drove Mate Way and a few others a couple of years ago in the Derby and uh, a few others, yeah. Well, just on that, Make Way, we didn't have the Derby last year because of the COVID implications, so 2019 was Make Way, so the last time a Derby was staged at Reckliffe, you were the winner. That's right, yeah, have a good night, yep. Well, you're hoping to go back-to-back -back now with Krug on Saturday night, just uh, on the driving front uh, with the tracks. There's probably not many tracks that you haven't competed at right throughout the world. No, I've no, been lucky enough to get sort of where most of them in Australasia anyway, and, and driven a bit, uh, you know, in Europe and uh, quite a bit in America as well, so in Canada, so yeah, it's been good. So where does Redcliffe sit for you? It's, it's very unique. It's triangular. It's got the three straights. How does it sit with you, Redcliffe, driving there? Oh, it's a different track. Um, you obviously need a, a good pacer and a good steering horse to get around it and uh, things like that. So, yeah, it is what it is. And, um, you know, it'll be the same for all of them. So, yeah, it's, it's probably unique in Australasia, I'd say. OK, so how do you think Krug is going to handle it? Are you surprised that Cran is taking Krug directly for a shot at the derby there? Oh, not really. It fits in really good with his programme. You know, he's, he's been there a couple of weeks now with that direct flight from New Zealand that they got over and then... Um, you know, he's two weeks into the rising sun, so it, it fits perfectly with his program. And um, no, he'll be fine. I spoke to Blair on his last night about him, and um, he said he's pretty, you know, he's pretty bulletproof, and uh, you know, he shouldn't have any trouble getting around it. Hopefully, how advent how advantageous is it that he's come up with a front row draw for his first look at this track? Yeah, I think it's a perfect draw for him. You know, like second row is always tricky, and even if you draw one, you're sort of you're forced to burn out. So from there, he, he's got a lot of gate speed and. Uh, but yeah, sort of around a trouble, you know. He can just mind his own business here for a while and um, see what happens. Now that you've had time to sit down and analyse this field, what stands out as far as a, as a threat is concerned? Was there something in that race that loomed, you know, rather obviously as a main threat, or did you find it quite even when you go through all, each of each of all of these runners on Saturday night? Oh, I think it's a good even field, you know, like uh, Ricky Elkins horse what's up Sunshine and Northern Cider, so that's been racing well, so it's going to take a bit of beating. And um, Yeah, but, you know, there's a few chances there, so uh, it won't be easy for Krug. Yeah. 
Well, he's the class runner, there's no doubt about it. I'm sure you've been paying close attention to his career right from the very start. 22 career starts in total now, 13 wins, 7 minors. He's got, you know, well over half a million dollars in his bank. So he's been outstanding from the very start. And when you go back through the history books, I think there's only two other dual derby winners, horses that have won both the, the Great Northern and the New Zealand derby that have made their way to Queensland for a shot at the derbies as a three-year-old. We go back to Courage Under Fire in 1999 and Badlands Butte came across in the 2004-2005 season. So rarely we see these dual derby winners make their way to Queensland, but Kruger's here now, but he, he's something very special, isn't he? He is, Chris. Yeah, like it's very hard to win both derbies in New Zealand. You know, there's a lot of dealers in the three-year-old ranks over there. So to do that, you've got to be pretty special. And um, he looks like that. He's been, uh, you know, one out of the box right from the word go. And, you know, he looks to have, a, you know, a, or he's had a great career already, but he's got a great future ahead of him as well. What about that last start? A lot has been said and written about the, uh, the defeat in the duels at Cambridge. What did you make of that effort? Oh, I thought he went good. You know, the winner's a pretty good horse and um, got it very easy in front and got a couple of slow sectionals and, you know, they dashed up the straight and it's hard to pick a horse up, doesn't matter how good you are. So, you know, I'm not too concerned. You know, I'm sure Cran will have him ready for this week and, uh, and the city's only nose away from winning it. So, um, you know, I think probably people are underestimating the winner a little bit. Okay. Now, you mentioned that you've spoken with Blair. Is Blair booked to, to come across and drive him in the derbies and the Rising Sun? Yeah, he's going to come across and drive him on the tent and the rising start, and then he'll be back for the derby, I'd say. Yep. Okay. Well, that's Krug. You've picked up the drive in the Redcliffe Cup on Saturday night as well. You're going to drive the former Kiwi Nurburgring. The last time you drove in the Cup was 2019. Do you remember the horse? Do you remember where you finished? Yeah, Franco Totem. I think he ran third. Yeah, yeah. Correct. Yeah, straight onto it there. So, can can you take the cup here on Saturday night? Again, it looks fairly even. There's a number of good chances here, but uh, Nebergering off that front line. Uh, can he cause a bit of an upset? Oh, hopefully. Yeah, I had a few look at these few of these runs last night, and um, he looks to be a good standing start horse. And you know, as you said, it's a very even field, and probably the horse to get the best run will win. So, you know, Colt 38 is obviously the class horse, but. Never easy up 20 metres for Henry Cliff. So, um, you know, I think the winner will come from the horse that has the most luck on the night. When you drove Flashing Red in the Cup, was he off a handicap? Um, I think he would have been. I just can't remember. But uh, he would have been because he was back early in the race. So I'm pretty sure he was. He has a pretty good field there. Yeah, but he good Johnny and a few others, yeah. Yeah, OK. Now, as I said, uh, copy that is going to step out in a public trial tomorrow night. That's before the meeting gets underway at Albion Park. Is there any sort of uh, instructions at this early point? What are you expecting to achieve with this trial tomorrow night? Or is it just about him going through the motions and just having a bit of a familiarisation with Albion Park? Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah, Ray's pretty heavy with him by the sound of things. And um, it's more a case where it'll be good for both of us. You know, him to have a bit of a stretch out before next week and uh, and for me to get, you know, get to know him a little bit better. So, uh, you know, it'll be, uh, you know, he won't be there to break any records or anything, but as long as he does everything right and... Uh, gives me a good feel we'll be happy. Now, as we've outlined, you've driven all over the world. You're a world-class rainsman, no doubt about it. Did this come as a bit of a shock when the uh, the invitation was offered for you to be the driver of uh, of Copy That during his Queensland campaign? Uh, I don't know about a shock, but it was a, a nice surprise. Um, yeah, I've had a bit to do with Ray Green over the years and driven a bit for him the last few years. And, um, you know, I knew that, um, you know, move better with the owner. Normally, he likes get the local drivers and uh so yeah it all come together well so um 
you know, it's always great to pick up these these horses. Uh, you know, they're quality animals, and um, you know, so yeah, I wouldn't say it was a shock, but uh, very pleasant surprise. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So he trials tomorrow night, then there's the race the following week, one of the free-for-alls, and then the following week, the Rising Sun, which is one of the main targets. So that's the, the program at this point in time? Yeah, well, I think the plan is to race right the way through the next four weeks. He's got the Sunshine Sprint as well after that, then into the Blakes of Fake. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a busy program, but he's, he seems a horse that does uh, race well like that with these uh, races close together. So... You know, a couple of big targets here, and um, obviously great fields they're going to be. So it won't be easy for him. But as I said before, if he you know if he gets back to his you know 100% his A game, he will. Um, they'll know he's been there anyway. Well, like Krug, he was beaten on Jules Day. Uh, Krug was narrowly beaten when went second. Copy that was towards the rear of the field, and it was probably one of his worst career runs. But what did you take away from that race? Is it just one of those forgive and forget runs, or do you think there was something there that you know we haven't been able to pick up on? Oh no, I think you just got to turn the page. Sometimes they have those days. You know, it was a, it was a tricky race for him. He threw the back row, and he was three wide the whole way. Even though he got a pretty good drag into it, it's still hard you know, when you got to come wide around that last bend at Cambridge, and the leaders are going so fast up front. So, you know, I think it was one of those ones. He probably wasn't a hundred percent, but. Um, I still didn't think his run was, you know, all that bad. Yeah. OK. Well, punters can be brutal at times. A lot of them just think he's a, a dead-set leader. But there's more strings to his bow than that, isn't there? Yeah, he's a he's a high-class horse. You know, he was played in New Zealand Cup, you know, so you don't get that by uh, default sort of thing. And, you know, I remember he, he'd run second in the South Stakes final to um, one of Mark Purden's, you know, as a three-year-old and uh, come from back in the field and flash tone. So, you know, I'm sure he's... He's pretty adaptable and and uh, he'll be fine. Yep. If he does draw the lead in any of these features up here, it's going to take a good one to beat him. That's right, Chris. Yeah, he's, you know, as you said, he's proven he's a great front runner and um, the barrier draws are going to be crucial and the, uh, you know, the rising sun and, and probably more so the blacks are fake. So, but, it, you know, he's going to be in there with a chance every time he goes around. So, with such, you know, good horses here, you know, opposition, it's, um, it's going to come down to barrier draws a bit, I think. Did you have a look at uh, either Spirit of St. Louis or Expensive Ego last Saturday night at Albion Park? Yeah, I did, unfortunately, yep. <laughs> you, know, all, you know, the whole three of Luke's and King of Swing, they were all very impressive, weren't they? So, you know, he'll have them 110% for the big days, so, uh, you know, that'll be the ones to beat. OK. Well, a lot to look forward to uh, tomorrow night with that trial with Copy That, Saturday night with Krug in the Redcliffe Derby. Just on the home front, uh, just with some of your own stars down there, line-up, Boots Electric, Perfect Stride, are they all in work? Yep, yep, they're all back in. They've all had, uh, well, line-up obviously had a decent break, and um, but the other boys, Wall Stride, Wall Stride had about six weeks out, and Boots Electric and Perfect Stride had, had about a month out, five weeks, so they're all back now doing a bit of hobble work, so... Uh, just, you know, getting their foundation into them there and they'll probably trial sort of in the end of July, most of them, yep. Wolf Stride, main target for him. Will, will it be the Inter-Dominion Series in Sydney at the end of the year? Um, probably, Chris, yeah. He's probably the only one I'll take. Um, you know, the, the New South Wales harness racing made it a, a brutal series this year with all the travel, so I'm not keen to take too many. And, um, you know, I think this, it's, it's going to be an awfully hard carnival. It's an awfully hard Carnival anyway, with the three heats in the final. But when you chuck in the travel that's involved this year, it's going to be brutal for them. So I've got too much, too much respect for my horses to be um, putting them, you know, all of them through that. So you know, we'll, we'll probably just um, 
probably get paid for Wolf, I'd say. Okay. Is there a chance that that could change, or is that locked in uh, those venues? So there's, you know, no excuse for anyone. They've all got to do the travel. It sounds like it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Okay. They obviously, okay. control with many trainers, but uh, it is it is what it is. Yep. Sure. And lineup. Are you confident that lineup can return to his absolute best? Yeah, I'm. I'm actually really delighted with him. He's he's come back. Um, He's, he's been at work a fair while now. He had a month, uh, two months on the water walker at Menangle while we were up there, and then he's um, probably had a couple of months' work now, and then feels great. He's, um, he's, you know, steering really well, pacing really well, which is important for him. He's, he hasn't always done that in the past, so, you know, he had a little niggle there after the derbies. So we had to give him a good break, so, you know, hopefully it's all healed, and um, now I'm really excited about him. Yeah, he's an amazing talent, no doubt about it. And just uh, just on the Trotter Elite stride, there's just been a little setback with him. Yeah, he's just had a problem with his back leg. One of his um, one of his uh, suspensory tendons in the back leg, so he's out for a while. So probably won't see him until um, you know well into the new year. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, there's always plenty to talk about when we catch up with you. But looking forward to seeing you uh, this weekend in Queensland and over the next couple of weekends as well. It's not a one-hit wonder this weekend because you are going to be an integral part of the Winter Carnival for 2021. But safe travels, and we'll see you trackside. Yeah, thanks, Chris. There's Anthony Bart, the champion driver, joining us. So copy that. He steps out in a trial tomorrow night before the race meeting gets underway at Albion Park, and he will partner Krug in the derby. He's also picked up the drive on the Burgering in the Group 2 uh, Moreton Bay Regional Council Reckliff Gold Cup. So last time he was at Reckliff, it was a good night out. He won the derby with uh, Make Way back in 2019, and as you said, he was third with Franco Totem in the Reckliff Cup, and that was against Clintle Dew, who shoots for another cup there on Saturday night. Brittany Graham is going to be part of the coverage on Saturday night trackside at Redcliffe, and I'm sure Franco Totem brings back some special memories for her. She's online with us now. Brittany, good morning. Glad Ants remembered Franco Totem, otherwise he was going to get in trouble. <laughs> he was one of your favourites? Yep, certainly was. Still racing. He won at the Meadowlands last weekend, so still going strong as well. Okay. Well, it's it's a cracking night. There's no doubt about it. Ten of the best races there on Saturday night at Reckliff, their biggest night of the year. Uh, where do you want to start? Do you want to start with the Oaks, the Derby, the uh, the two-year-old final or the Cup itself? Which one is the highlight race for you? Yeah, it's funny when you say it like that, isn't it? Because there's just so many highlights on the card. And even the Oaks and Derby features, even though they're not worth... Uh, the same level of prize money or hold the same prestige in terms of group status as some of the others. The quality is unbelievable. But that Group 1 final, obviously, it's the, the lone uh, Group 1 that Red could hold each and every year. And it's an interesting race this year. I feel like the last few editions we've had a real standout horse. Like last year, Manila Playboy, he went around and he looked as though he was going to be ultra hard to beat. Very even this year, but uh, it would surprise me probably if the winner came outside of Teddy Disco, Obi Legal and Roses are sweet. But uh, yeah, I was I was really impressed by Teddy Disco last week and I've been impressed from what I've seen from him so far. And the fact that he drew the best that he could have with the Colts and Geldings obviously having you know, a, a smaller pool of numbers that they could draw with the preferential draw to the Phillies. Uh, for him to draw five just looks perfect for him too. And he did the right thing by us last week. You labelled him your best bet of the weekend and home he went. Yeah, he went really good too. So uh, I was still impressed by Obi Legal's run, but uh, he's a horse that I have a fair bit of time for and that he's 
pretty well impressed me right the way through. So he's come up shorter this week in the final than he did in last week's heat. So maybe we got uh, the value there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's Teddy Disco, race six, number five. That's the group one two-year-old final. Uh, no doubt he'll be pushing on towards the uh, the triad uh, during the carnival. Uh, July 24 is that race, and he'll have to go up against Danger Zone, no doubt. But that will be a good contest when these two guys lock horns again. Yeah, it certainly will be. And I think I noted in last night's preview, uh, we did a, a preview show on Sky Racing too, that Teddy Disco ran Danger Zone to a three-metre margin in the Breeders' Classic. And you can imagine what price Danger Zone would go around in this race. So uh, I think anything that we get over $2 for Teddy Disco is probably not bad shopping this weekend. Okay. I'm interested in your thoughts on the Cup because it, it looks fairly open. Uh, you know, horses like Better in Four second up. Many probably weren't expecting her to, to line up in the Redcliffe Gold Cup. Colt 31 first up, and he's got a 20-metre handicap along with Better in Force and Clint will do. going better than ever. LL Cool J off that track record performance last week in the Patron's Purse. He's got Barrier 1. So this is going to be very competitive, the Gold Cup. I have no idea, Chris. Yeah, I'm sort of looking at it the same way. It, you can make cases for most, if not all, here. Yeah, at this stage, I feel as though I've had to go with a value runner because the main two, LL Cool J and Colt 31, that are currently holding on to favouritism between them, LL Cool J has only had one start that I can see in his form lines in New Zealand understanding start conditions, and on that occasion he blew the start and we haven't seen him under trial conditions here and he's got the one gate so it is a pressure draw as well and Colt 31's first start he's off 20 metres with 12 horses or 11 horses in front of him that he has to come around and he didn't do a lot in his trial in terms of time to suggest that it would have really tightened him up being an older stallion now to be at rock hard fitness so I'm sticking with Kid Montana at the moment. Lola Wiedemann, she won this race two years ago with Clint Will Do. She knows how to get a horse away from a stand. He won the obvious lead-up race in the flashing red, and he's got 10 metres and follows out a quick beginner and feeling for a rainbow. But this is a race that any of the 12 runners could win. Yeah, it's a fascinating race. Colt 31's an intriguing runner in so many ways. He's only had one start previously at Redcliffe. That was when he was successful in the derby as a three-year-old. So this is his first go at the Redcliffe Cup. And uh, as you said, it was a pretty soft trial. And that was, what, just on two weeks ago now. So uh, whatever he does on Saturday night, there's got to be a lot more improvement to come. So maybe they're just keeping the eye on those bigger prizes still uh, still to come. Races like the Garrard, Sunshine Sprint, and the Tab Blacks are fake. So it's going to be a very interesting race. Krug picks himself in the derby, or have you found something else? And what have you come up with as far as an oak selection is concerned? If the best version of Krug shows up, he's a dual derby winner and he's a complete superstar when he brings his absolute A game. Redcliffe, it can be a great leveller, uh, but he is a pretty well-gated customer and we haven't seen anything from him in the past to suggest that he won't get around the track. So uh, he does pick himself, obviously, and I was super impressed by Sporty Dancer when she took on the boys and defeated them uh, in what was that three-year-old event a few weeks ago at Albion Park. So uh, for her to come back to her own gender, a front-row draw, she has good gait speed. She looks as though she'll have no issues with that extra little bit of trip as well to the 2014 40 metres, she looks the obvious. 
Yeah, and, and that full line's been frank for her as well. She beat, uh, well, amongst the beaten brigade was uh, What's Up Sunshine, who's come out and won and looks, you know, one of the main threats to Krug in the derby. So her form lines look really good. Those markets are available right now through TAB for all of those features, the Oaks, the derby, the two-year-old feature and the Gold Cup. So you can bet right now, bet responsibly if you do uh, want to have an early fancy for one of those features coming through on Saturday night. Time now for a winner. I know you like looking at the Menangle form and we'll be watching Menangle closely on Saturday night. That first race is very important. There's a few possible Rising Sun candidates uh, fine-tuning their campaign there. And that mare's race on Saturday night down there, that's an absolute ripper. And many of those mares are going to be headed to Queensland for a shot at the Group 1 Golden Girl. But what's your best bet all weekend? Yeah, my best bet, I'll stick with Redcliffe being on track on Saturday night. I've got a good head start on the form this week. And... He'll probably be fairly short crunch time, but I think he's just the horse to run through all of your multis and to close out the night there in the 10th event on the card. He was pretty unlucky in what was the patron's purse last week. Front row draw, sprint trip. I think he'll be straight on the bunny and it will be a pretty easy watch from there on out. So race 10, number four, crunch time, my lock for the weekend. Okay, so race 10, number four. We've got to be patient for that final race there Saturday night. As I said, you're part of the coverage. You're going to be trackside on Saturday night, providing all of the punters with the very latest information. So we look forward to seeing you there. Appreciate the time, as always, this Thursday morning. Thanks, Chris. Hopefully the rain stays away. Yeah, fingers crossed for you as well out there on the track. But, uh, yeah, it doesn't look good, the forecast, at this point in time. So, Redcliffe, that is the uh, the place of focus on Saturday night, repeating 10 races. Action early start, 4.47. We get underway at 4.47. We've got a great night of racing coming through from the West tomorrow night. We always do each and every Friday night. Nine races, Gloucester Park. Our man in the West is Matty Young. He joins us each and every Thursday, and he's online now. Matty, good morning. Good morning to you, Chris. There's been a fair bit happening over there in the past week. Firstly, did you do the barrier trials yesterday at Pinjarra? I did. I was there. Can you tell me about a horse by the name of Mr. Fantastic? Yeah, well, he was that. Uh, he was very impressive. Um, he yeah, just went from last to first and went whoosh straight past them, moving into the back straight the last time. They came home in 56-6, and he just careered away from the field and... And it's a very dogged style about him. Um, actually reminds me a little bit of Major Reality in the way that he runs uh, from the same stable. But, uh, yeah, his, his performance was very good. 157 and change. And, uh, of course, as we know, a winner four from 11 in New Zealand. Pretty smart type and he's with a very good trainer. Yeah, absolutely. Justin Prentice. Did Justin take the drive himself or did Junior take the drive? No, Junior got himself... Uh, out of the farm and uh, down down the freeway to uh, Pinjarra Trials yesterday. Okay, so we know it's a serious horse when he's making the way to a trial, so uh, we can keep an eye out on him. I interestingly, he's co-owned, or one of the owners involved in Mr Fantastic is Kevin Jevons, and he's got the boom horse over there, Shockwave, who steps out again tomorrow night. He was brilliant last Friday night, Matt, uh, given everything that he's been through, and to see him win in that manner, it, it, it was something very special. Yeah, exactly right. So uh, highlight of the few concerns that he could fire up. He did fire up, and uh, he just rolled along quite quickly. I think Michael Grantham didn't exactly fight him, just sort of tried to keep him in the bubble, which uh, is a pretty fast bubble. And uh, from there, he's been able to career away and win pretty much untouched. So a great return, but uh, he had some nice foundations put in for this run with a few decent trials and good hit-outs. 
And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was a massive relief to see him back and racing at his best for Ryan Bell. Does he win again tomorrow night in the past President's Cup? He's got some good rivals again tomorrow night, but does he win again? Yeah, look, I think so. I, I, I think because he's so versatile, uh, he can he can sit up and go bang, and uh, if need be, he can do a little bit of work in his races. So, look, I think they'll probably drive him a little bit more conservatively tomorrow night and rely on his speed a little bit, and uh, from the draw, they sort of have to, but I think he'll be able to win this race again and make it two in a row. OK, we've also got the uh, the Group 1 Westbred Classics for the two-year-olds tomorrow night. Their race is five and six. Any early thoughts in either of those features? Yeah, look, uh, the Barry draws have made things very interesting in the Colts and Geldings. Flowright has come up with Barrier 1, of course, second in the Pearl Classic behind the Mickey Taker, who's come up with Barrier 9. On that occasion, Flowrider drew the middle of the line and had to fire out to get to the top. They went 36-4 lead time, which is very solid. There's not going to be as much speed here because Flowrider's got the speed to hold everyone else. Therefore, there won't be as much pressure. I think Flowrider represents a good each-way chance from the inside. I think I saw even $5 thereabouts last night um, on one of the corporates. So has to be considered a massive chance in this race. Uh, Tricky Mickey, of course, from the Justin Prentice stable, was defeated on Monday at Pinjarra but lost no admirers. There was a howling breeze in the horse based it and they were running some very serious times. 157.2 to be exact, which is one of the quicker times you'll see the two-year-olds run this year. An awkward draw, but this horse we saw first up has got wonderful speed and will be saved up, you would imagine, for one run and can win this race. But I think the price that's come up is just a high price, I would call it. Uh, people expecting to see a brilliant run from Tricky Mickey, but if it drifts, it's definitely worth a play. Rock on top is the other really interesting runner in that race, and uh, that is with Aiden DeCampo. Beautiful draw. Uh, last start, he got out late and finished home very well, finishing in third place. He follows the stablemate here. If he gets any luck, he has to be a genuine threat. That's the Colts and Geldings. That's race five. And for the Phillies, uh, wonderful to fly has come up very short. She's impressive last start, but she only got home in 30.6. Her start before that, she came from last inside the 400 metres and exploded the way to win. She's got a lot of high speed. She can fire up. So it's a little bit of an awkward draw, but the horse is drawn to her inside. Might try and hand up to her. So there could be a little bit of uh, toing and throwing early. Taking the Mickey, I didn't like her last run. I thought she looked a little bit tired, but she has been freshened up into this and a nice trailing draw. And eight Sovrana who is also the main headline act for this race, has got a tough draw, but this is a pretty tough filly. So I think those three are the way to play. Hopefully, wonderful to fly wins. Of course, bias, uh, I will say, I hope it wins and wins by a big space because my brother Shane trains and drives it. OK, there's no M. Young in the ownership uh, there I just had a check of. <laughs> no, he's... Uh... <laughs> He's, everyone thinks that uh, my family tells me things about their horses and I never get told anything. Shane Young is as tight-lipped as uh, anyone you'll ever meet. <laughs> OK, well, we wish the family the best of luck. Uh, disappointing news, Finn Vara, fresh off his Group 1 victory last week. He's an early scratching, so we'll chase that up. But uh, that first race looks OK, but it sort of just, you know, loses a little bit of impetus now with that, that early scratching of Finn Vara. Yeah, would have liked to have seen how Finvara went in that from Barrier 9, 2,500 metres for the first time. Of course, winner of the Group 1 last week. But uh, just interesting to see how he would have gone. As you mentioned, Chris, very good field. Sugar Street from the back line. I think would have been hoping Finvara was in there so there'd be some speed and an opportunity to be able to get off the peg. So it really opens the race up now and I'll have to redo my market for that race. But I just did notice the scratching of Finvara before 
I picked up the phone. So, uh, yeah, big news there. Hopefully all mm. is okay with that horse. He's uh, won four from six. He's been very impressive. And that is a pretty handy three-year-old race to kick off the program. What's the best bet tomorrow night, Matt? Race two, number two, Fancy Dance. His last two runs have been outstanding. Uh, second at Bunbury was brilliant. And then a second over a mile in 154.2. He never gave up the chase behind Louis the Horse. Uh, 2,500 metres should suit him down to the ground. He's racing really well. And I think he'll win this race. He's uh, earmarked in the prices alongside at $9. If you get anywhere near that, that's stealing money in my opinion. But... Uh, Look, I think he'll be able to win race two, number two, Fancy Dancer, Barry Hallett and Chris Folk. Okay, race two, number two, we'll take the tip, and I, I'm tipping we won't see anything like the $9, but we'll wait <laughs> and see when the market framers uh, put up their markets there for, for race two tomorrow night. Matt, as always, appreciate the time. Best of luck tomorrow night. Cheers, Chris. Thank you.